Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. My name is Frank, and my good friend Tim is not joining us today for reasons we will get to in just a moment. But sitting in, I am so, so happy to have friend of the show, Brent. Welcome back, Brent. Hey, thank you. It is good to be back. I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm glad to, you know, get another one in for this final season off. Final yes. season, you know. Heck yes. It is it is good to have you back. Why don't you take let's take a quick second, tell folks where where they might know you from across the internet. Uh sure. I co-host a couple of shows, uh Fans Without Borders, which is currently bi-weekly. Uh we talk about just whatever geeky, nerdy stuff we feel like talking about, you know, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, all that kind of stuff. And then I also co-host the weekly show Marvel Alliance, where we cover pretty much anything Marvel, be that the movies, television shows, or even comic books. We have a comic book club every week where we're reading through whatever series currently. We're reading through an amazing Spider-Man arc and it's it's just it's a lot of fun so that that's where i'm at right on um well i'm gl- so glad to have you here uh, alongside me this week uh because uh T- tim couldn't be here this week for very very happy reasons tim and his wife uh are celebrating the birth of their first child they had a baby girl uh mom and baby are healthy and doing great uh, so please send them all the positive, happy thoughts uh, that you can. They're they're doing awesome, uh, and uh, Tim and I have been have been texting uh, every day since the baby came in the last couple of days, and uh, yeah, things are going great. They are so so happy, and uh, I I couldn't be happier for them. Um, they are. Uh, Tim and his wife are just the loveliest people in, in the whole world. Like all, all all jokes aside, all bits aside, all podcasts aside, they are just lovely, lovely human beings, and I'm so so happy for them starting their family. And so, uh, yeah, best wishes yeah. to to them. It's it is the very best reason I could possibly be filling in. The very best. Absolutely, reason. So I'm so thrilled for both of them. And what better week than episode twelve? Because if you go back to the last two seasons, I was on both of those episodes twelve as well. <laughs> I just went and double checked. I can't believe that keeps happening. <laughs> it does. Twelve is like it's like yep. this weird this wow that is so why and and the last two years it was like virtually the same date wasn't it it was like it was it was real close to each other and really the year before that was episode 14 before those so it was close but uh making my annual Man. appearance or what's become my annual appearance it, uh, episode 12 that's it's my episode that is so crazy <laughs> I, I swear to god we didn't plan it that like it's just when tim's daughter was born not just how it worked out I, I love how it worked out that is wild wow 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 okay that's crazy you know i had that thought earlier of like how but i, I remembered it as being a a date i didn't remember it that it was also an episode number that you tend to to um show up for that's oh man that's wild Hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, uh, look, I, I don't know, Brent, look, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. You know, Tim is sort of an expert at opening up, you know, the mailbag and, and, you know, it's just so, so we're going to, we're going to go ahead and, and open the mailbag. Um, <laughs> oh, I got it. That got away from me. Oh man, that, that was delightful. <laughs> that was, I was not expecting that. That was here. You Ooh. get, you get one of these. Me Yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Not bad for a first timer. Um, yeah. These are folks who write to us at uh, mail at supergirltvtalk.com. And this first one comes from Rachel. Uh, in regards to last week's episode, Rachel says, although you might not have had a brainy quote of the week, I definitely did. I'd choose something mother taught me in response to Nia asking him about bottling uh, the uh, the giant are battling the giant cat because we know from season five episode ten that his mother did bottle oh did bottle a plant for him sorry sorry Rachel I tried to edit you on the fly bottling the giant cat because we know from episode uh, ten of season five that his mother did bottle a plant for him and it shows some interesting growth for him that he decides to use his evil family's technology for good continuing from when he also saved the super friends from Leviathan also with the use of a bottle. So, all right, that is a good, that is a good uh, brainy quote of the week. Right on. We were so caught up with Mixie last week that I think uh, we we sort of overlooked good good old brainy. So, yeah. thank you for for bringing that one in, Rachel. 
and uh, one more comes from Daryl. Uh, Daryl uh, talking about this week's episode of Blind Spots, and not, not to get too much ahead of ourselves, but I thought this is actually a valid point, and I'm kind of, uh, I don't know how I didn't catch this. I don't understand why James would send Kelly a helmet that had those sight issues when his own helmet during his Guardian days didn't have that division between the eyes. <laughs> like, huh, yeah, why did he send her a yeah. helmet that then she needed to go to Brainy and be like, it has sight line issues. Kind of, kind of did or dirty on that one. <laughs> He's like, "Here's a prototype that uh, Win made for me. You figure something out." <laughs> uh, and then um, uh, Daryl goes on to say, "I found this quote from the AV Club review of Blind Spots. Um, in the scenes where Kara and Alex uh, expressed ex- earnestly expressed their guilt, confusion, and desire to help, they feel more like generic." Uh, white women avatars than the characters we've seen grow and mature in matters of allyship over the past six years. And I, I think that's a, that's a valid criticism from AV club and, and Daryl um, uh, echoing it. The, I, I want to get into that more later. So I'll save that. I thought this episode was actually quite good, uh, but that isn't a, a valid, a valid criticism that uh, I think comes from AV club. So I, I just wanted to put that out there and we can come back to it. Um, I don't want to, to, to uh, uh, spoil the vibes because I, I actually have very good, Good thing to say about this episode, but that's a, a valid part of, of enjoying something is is uh, is having valid criticism of it too. So let's let's keep that on the back burner for the moment, and we can, we can circle back to that. But thank you to everyone who writes to us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Uh, we we really appreciate all your support, and uh, and and if you have thoughts as we head into the end of the series, would love to hear your your voicemails, your voice memos. If you want to email those to us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. But uh, for the meantime, I'm going to dive right in to the, the, the vital stats for this episode. It is uh, season six, episode 12, Blind Spots, uh, written by Jay Holfam and our own Ozzy Tasfai and directed by David Ramsey, Diggle himself. Um, so, uh, really, um, I mean, obviously we have, we have one of the cast members, uh, co-writing this episode. We have a recurring guest star and Arrowverse cast member directing, uh, so a landmark episode in those regards, as well as a landmark episode in terms of the subject matter, um, that I'm really excited to get into with you here, Brent. And we'll, we'll cover that in Storytime village when we talk about themes, but first let's cover that was a good bit. Um, Brent, do you want to go ahead and, and kick us off with your first good bit? I, I will. Uh, I'm going to throw it out to Lena right away. She's already learning magic. Mm. You know, she's, she's setting some flames and granted it was, it was brief because she found out that, uh, the super friends were in trouble and she wanted to try and go back to help. Of course she didn't make it in time to do anything, but regardless, I really enjoy that she is going to try the magic, even though we know, <laughs> even though we know that's not exactly the way her brain works. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's true. I, I, I feel like they, I, I wonder if she's going to go back. Like it felt like she left sort of suddenly and she still had more to learn. Is it sort of like Luke going back to Dagobah at some point? Like how, how's that going to work? I don't know. Um, interesting, interesting stuff. But yes, that was given that she was so like, you know, um, uh, t- coming down in the science camp and, and the science versus magic argument. It is interesting that she was sort of given it the old college try at the beginning there. And, and we didn't see her again to the end, but I, I guess we'll, we'll cover more of that in, in, well, ne- if not next week in future weeks. Um, I, I love that. I loved, um, the news covering Supergirl's battle with a ferocious feline and how that was sort of topping, topping the headlines. Um, there, there's reasons, story reasons we'll get into why that wasn't great that they were covering that. But I just love that that, that is the kind of thing that would dominate the headlines is, is, is like, oh, and Supergirl fought a cat. Isn't that cute? Look at this, guys. Look at this footage. Yeah, that's got that's got Catco written all over it. Sure. Hey, <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, this is why this is why I make sure that uh, if Tim's gone, I'm, I'm, I would make sure that we cover with another dad because we need that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <sighs> we need that dad energy. Oh, love it. Uh, what what's what do you got up next for a for a good bit? Uh, this one goes towards later in the episode, but it's a, uh, you know, Diggle appeared and I, I, as a huge arrow fan, I oh. was very excited to see Diggle. I, as I told you before we started, I didn't even know he was in this episode because I didn't watch trailers or anything like that. And Diggle saying to Kelly, you may need to suit up. Just gave me arrow vibes from all those times. They would tell each other to suit up before suit going up. into battle. Big time. Yeah. 
big time era vibes. I love that. That felt like a, uh, yeah, that, that was a, a great little reference to, to their, their lingo on, uh, on era. There's, there's thing, you know, era was not always my favorite of the Arrowverse shows. Um, it was not the one that I always looked forward to the, the most from week to week. Some weeks that was Supergirl, some weeks that was Flash, but, um, but I, I do miss it. You know, I miss, I miss the, the vibe of it. And, and it was nice to get some Diggle bringing out things like the suit up, Diggle talking about Oliver Queen. Like there was, there was, it was nice to, to feel like we were back in, it's sort of like trying on, trying on a pair of jeans that fits just right. It's like, oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah, this is nice. This is nice. Um, Hey, speaking of Diggle, uh, Diggle and and James Olsen are friends, apparently. I guess I was trying to think back. I was like, I, that's what a moment I had written down too, and I'm like, okay, I, I like the reference. You know, you're, you know, keep the spirit of James in the show. Like, don't forget him. Did James and Diggle ever even meet? <laughs> it's like I, I don't know. Like, I'd have to really think. If they did, I don't think it was on screen. Yeah, I I struggled to remember where Diggle and James were. Like in in, in cross was. Was James even in any of the crossovers? I mean, he was in the Elseworlds crossover on Earth X as a different James. Right, right. And he, I believe he had an appearance in, I'm sorry, that was on the Crisis on Earth X one. He was in the Elseworlds crossover as like, I, I believe like working for, well, I'm totally losing it now, but oh, working for like win, like an evil win. Okay, or something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. But like as just uh, him, mm, I don't think so. I remember I remember Crisis on Earth X. Um, now that you mention it, that jogged my memory. But I don't remember the else. It's so yeah, it's so interesting. Um, it is it, yeah. I don't I don't remember them having met. But uh, I guess that happened in, uh, in yeah off screen, and uh, and you know I guess kind of a bummer that, bummer that um, we we weren't able to see. Kelly and her brother have a moment together. I like that they went for the phone call. Um, felt very reminiscent of like season one Supergirl where yeah. Kara is IMing Clark. It, it, it reminiscent, but better. Like yeah. I, I much pref- preferred the performance, the acting performance of a phone call versus, you know, instant messenger. I, I completely agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, but yeah, sort of the same, same, same vibes of like, okay, well we couldn't get, we couldn't, have them have a conversation, uh, you know, on screen. So we'll do it this way. And I, I think I, I, yeah, I agree. This, this was, this was definitely way better. Um, and, uh, I, I like Diggle, Diggle talking about his opportunity to be a special kind of hero. What I, 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 I maybe should we, we can, <laughs> we can, maybe we hold off on that one, but I just, uh, that one, that, that just sort of, what a tease, what a tease. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I but you, we'll come back to that one because that's yeah. I added that to one of our later sections. All right, all right. Well, we'll come back to that. What's do you have? Do you have another another good bit? Yeah. How about Diggle referencing Jefferson Pierce? Don't mm. be a hero to the people. Be a hero for the people. I love the Jeff, Jefferson Pierce call out. You know, Black Lightning. Black Lightning. And again, keeping that strong. And we know he's going to appear in Flash next year, which is awesome. You guys talked about that, but I I love that reference. Just keeping Jefferson Pierce around. Again, same idea as James. Just he's still a part of the world, and I'm glad they acknowledge it. Yeah, and I love the way that they did. Like having him be, you know, someone to quote and to look up to, right? As like a role model and like someone to remember. Um, I, I, I love the sort of the, the reverence they're putting on that name so that, that, yeah, I was, uh, I, I like that. I like that very much. That's, that's awesome. Um, I, I, I love that, uh, Brainy already has plans for guardians costume that he's just waiting, yes. like he's yes. just wait, biding his time, waiting for the right moment to, uh, to, to bring it to, to like dust it off and be like, all right, here you go. Here's what I was thinking. What do you think? Yeah, and it add to it the way he like shot it from his brain to the computer, like through the air. Yeah, it was just, it's like he was casting it up there. And yes, I, it was. I, I rewound it. I'm like, that was cool. I got to watch that again. And just seeing all the different designs go on the screen, that was definitely a good bit. That was a good bit. He sort of airdropped it from his brain to the to the screen. Yeah, yeah. The, um, I, they they did they did a nice a nice job with the the costume upgrade for sure um and uh yeah i mean those sight lines sight lines notwithstanding um 
it was uh yeah that was definitely a good bit um i've just got a, a couple more here that i that we can sort of lightning round through but um i thought that the the big fight scene towards the uh towards the end of the episode or so the climax of the episode that was some a plus teamwork across the team sort of like um everyone sort of passing things from one person to the next to the next making sure that you know as stuff was falling off the building like, like john john makes sure the crane uh doesn't fall and then as debris falls uh dreamer makes sort of a, a force fields to to protect mm-hmm. the people down yeah. below and alex does you know uh acts accordingly like i, I loved sort of the 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 teamwork and the the uh sort of one one after another sort of the dominoes fall and they all they all had their strengths in the, in that fight. I I always enjoy that kind of thing. I, I think of like the first Avengers film and just the way that the that they work together as a team Definitely. in the yep. in the the big fight there. That I, I love fights like that. Um, I also love the idea of of uh encouraging Orlando to run for uh Councilwoman Rankin's seat. Um I'm like, yeah, I'm all in on Orlando for president at this point. Like, yes, like let's 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 raise him up and and let's see him succeed. Like, I would love, I would love to see him like uh, come back at some point during the season and see him like campaigning or whatever. Like, I I think that'd be that would be awesome to see him sort of come from you know the sort of rags to riches type of story, not necessarily riches, but from from somebody who's down on his luck. He even said like, no, nah, I'm an ex con. I, I I don't I don't have a, a chance at this. And just it, it would be awesome to see him rise above that and become a leader and an advocate for his community. Yeah, his character really became a bigger part of the show than I anticipated yeah. when I first saw him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I, I, I think he's a, he's a great actor too. Like, I think he's he's perfect for that role, and and sort of really, um, he 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 does really really an awesome job with with that material. Um, and it is is a a I I I love love seeing what he's done with that with that role and how he's sort of he he's made it his own. Um, speaking of which, I also love at the end of the episode when there's that little girl who's like, I'm guardian. Like I love seeing Kelly. Um, that was cute. Oh, yeah. that was so cute. Have it seeing her be an inspiration to, to other, um, uh, little girls and, and, uh, you know, how much that, that must mean to her character and to, to get to see that, um, you know, we've seen. We've seen Supergirl have that impact. We've seen, um, lots of our, our other heroes have similar impact across the Arrowverse and it's awesome to see Kelly get to have that moment that that you know clearly means so much to her um yeah so I I think that's about it for for good bits um for me why don't we um pop into Professor Comics Corner real quick where um you added uh, something about Guardian's costume Yeah, I just noticed it was much more reminiscent of the comics costume for the Guardian character than the one that James did. You know, James's was all silver and black. And here we had like a lot of that yellowish gold color, which when I think Guardian, I think, uh, honestly, I kind of think yellow Captain America style. Mm. And this was much closer to that. And the shield especially was a much brighter color. And I'm glad they... You know, you always wonder with the show ending and stuff, how much is it really worth their time to like update suits and stuff like that? And I'm glad they did it. I'm glad mm-hmm. we got to see it. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll plus one that. I, I agree. It was definitely much. It was you know the 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 gold when I yeah Guardian is is like blue and gold right and and um, the the James Harper Guardian you know Jack Kirby um, uh, creation. I I definitely definitely think the blue the gold and and that shield and her shield was was like almost exactly what I think of when I think guardian and uh yeah the gold helmet was went went a long way in in, in sort of the comics accuracy um side of things so that makes me that makes me happy you know it as a as a comics fan as a superman comics fan in particular it's always always makes me happy when I see those things pop in and and um and make a uh, make their mark on this side of the super mythos. So yeah, that made me happy for sure. I love that. I love all of the comics accuracy there. Um, I, I also love, I also love, the, I, I love to talk about the things that we wonder why they were a decision. And we have a couple of those for this episode as well. A couple that we share. 
the the first one we have written down is the doctor just left that medicine out in front of Councilwoman Rankin, just sitting like she's the patient. Like I don't know. I mean, if you've ever spent any time in an emergency room, they don't just leave medicine out unattended like that. I was like, oh, that's a little questionable, guys. Like a syringe just sitting there for her to 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 inject herself. Like really, really, uh, and yeah, it was, was like, like a syringe the size of a turkey baster too. But that I guess that's besides the point. Man, she went for it though. She, she went for she it. She jabbed it right in. I'm like, man, that 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 doctor or that nurse, whoever it was that left that medicine there, they're getting written up at the least. Yeah, for real, for real. Yeah, so that was yeah, that definitely caught my eye as well. Um, and, and then let's talk about let's talk about Diggle. Let's talk about Diggle. He says, "I had yeah. an opportunity to be a special kind of hero, but it would have meant leaving Lila and my kids." Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I, I like, I, I like actively leaned forward. I was like, special kind of hero, you say? Uh huh. Were there any rings involved? Were there any, were there any dying aliens leaving you a ring, perhaps? Hmm. And they've been, they've been like teasing it, like he's appeared in the other Arrowverse yeah. shows this year, and he, like, he's getting headaches, and he's talking about like, uh, how he's going to have to go back and deal with this because he's been trying to make this big decision. And then he says this, and I like, I want to see Green Lantern so bad. Like, Green Lantern is one of my absolute favorite DC franchises, and I have been on the Make Diggle a GL bandwagon for years. Same. And I'm like, are they going to do it? And then he says this. I'm like, okay, well, that's deflated. And then when he's leaving, he says, world's a weight. Mm-hmm. He tells Brainy, world's a weight. I'm like, now you guys are just toying with me because you're crushing my dreams and you're giving me just a spark of hope. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the hope that kills you. Come on, just <laughs> one way or the other. Can we please have a definitive answer on this? I mean, I, I still, I think it's happening. It's going to happen. They but wouldn't win. Win. I don't know when. I think that they have a, a, a plan, a tentative plan, but they wouldn't have him do the grand tour of the Arrowverse shows. He wouldn't go to Flash and then Superman and Lois and then Supergirl if there wasn't some intention of, of like why would they do that why would they do that and sort of lay out the breadcrumbs if they weren't hoping to like maybe there's not a definitive plan but there is at least a hope that they can do something with it i i cannot believe that they they would do that without some thought even if that that plan is a year away of like the the, the crossover after the next one or something you know like there, there's got to be some plan Otherwise, why else would they shop him around the shows like this? Let him direct this one and and, and star in uh, you know guest star in in three different shows if there wasn't some plan and keep it's not mentioning even three. It. It's five different shows because he showed up in Batwoman also and he played a different character in Legends of Tomorrow. So we let's just shove Legends aside. But even with Batwoman, even with he's Batwoman. still like I'm like. You're you're killing me. You're killing me, guys. Just give the man. And I know there's a Green Lantern show coming to HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I I don't care. That's the wrench in it, right? Just just give me. Just show me a Green Lantern. Show me a Green Lantern. That the the HBO show is the wrench in the whole thing. That's the thing that I can't I can't figure. Like that's that's the tough part because they're they seem to be hesitant to have multiple iterations in the same medium. And by that, I mean, you know, live action TV, two different live action TV, one live action film and one live action TV seems to be fine for for their current strategy and having, you know, an animated TV and and a live action TV show seem to be fine. But for whatever reason, having, you know, two live action TV iterations or whatever, it seems to be where they draw the line. And so I'm I'm not sure where he would fit into that if they, I mean, obviously this HBO show is happening. So I'm very, very curious how those things mesh together. But aside from that, that's the one thing that gives me pause. But aside from that, I feel like why else would they do what they've been doing with him if they didn't have some hope or intention of making him a Green Lantern at some point? Like, you, yeah, the, the, the hints, the hints are killing me. Worlds await. Worlds await, you know, worlds await. Worlds await. Stay. Let's do it. All right. Um, let's talk about the the brainy quote of the week. Um uh, I love the callback to the the PSAs he did with Supergirl, where at the end of the episode he sort of feels like he has he he's got to say something, you know, role model worthy, inspirational to Joey, and he's just like, and remember, always eat your vegetables. And as Dreamer's like pulling him away, he's like, what? It's true. 
that 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 was mine as well and that that cracked me up i love that that psa was you know that was, it was an inter- interesting thing they did and then they call back to it with this and i'm like it just it makes the whole thing so funny comedy gold i loved it i loved it couldn't couldn't get enough of it uh another thing i can't get enough of is storytime village so let's dive in Let's dive into the village. Um, we got a couple themes here. First theme is the abuse and limits of power from within and and without. And Councilwoman Rankin here, certainly abusing her power, using her new superpowers, her fifth dimensional powers, the same way that she's been abusing her political power in in the, in the sense that she's siphoning energy, uh, I mean, literally with her superpowers from the people of the Heights but also figuratively with with her political power she's siphoning energy from from the people taking taking her power um you know from the people who who elected her and and trying to use that to vault her own her own political career um she goes to the hospital that she wants i mean when she's when she's when she's brought into that hospital in the heights she's almost immediately like why did you bring me here like and the implication being like with the poor people like why did you bring me here why didn't you bring me to a nicer hospital? Um, and she uses her influence to go to the hospital she wants. She threatens the doctor when she's there to get the medicine she wants. And she bribes her fellow city councilor to vote with her. Um, and and the, the quote that really got me in that conversation was, the people in my district don't know what's good for them. Like, she, she I know better. They voted for me, but I I know better than the people. Um, so she's really abusing her, her, her power but of all kinds, using it to 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 uh, vault her political career, but then also using her superpowers to literally manifest objects. Um, she didn't seem to have any remorse whatsoever that she killed her assistant by saying I'd kill for a sandwich and then literally her assistant dies and she gets a sandwich. She didn't seem sad about it at all. It's almost like she didn't even notice it happened. She, right? Like I, I almost questioned like, oh, okay. But, but once she looks over and sees that he's killed over, she'll be like, oh, no. But that, I mean, she looked over, but she didn't seem to care. Yeah, and it, you mentioned her not wanting to be in that hospital. Oh, mm. how dare you bring me to that hospital? And that scene was so disgusting because Kelly's like, uh, Councilwoman, these people need your help. And she goes, well, I am certainly not going to take a bed from any of these people as though these beds are not good enough yes. for her. It was just such a disgusting scene. I don't Councilman, I mean, credit to her. She played a good villain. You know, you really rooted against her, but it was just gross. And then, yeah, quite literally taking the energy like she's sucking the life away from her constituents while talking about being happy that the 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 building collapsed. Yes. That this housing. Oh, we don't have to do affordable housing anymore. And so I'm like, you are a horrible person. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was not it was not uh, it it was definitely a little heavy handed in the way that it was written, but like she played it very, very well. And Mm -hmm. and again, this show does that. I've said this a few times this season when things are a little heavy handed this uh, on this show. That's kind of when they're at their best in a lot of ways, because this show is about like telling stories and 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 doing allegorical storytelling um so if it's if it's a bit heavy-handed at times i don't it doesn't bother me because that's sort of their style you know that's that's the, the, the storytelling style that they employ to tell meaningful stories yeah, it's absolutely their style. Like, it, it would not be this show if they weren't a little heavy-handed with it. And, you know, sometimes they take some criticism for that, and sometimes I've had some criticism for it in the past when I feel like it's gone a little too far over the top. I don't really feel that way about this episode. Was it a little heavy? Was it butting up against the line at times? Maybe, maybe, but I don't think they crossed any lines with it, and it felt very true to the show. You and Tim had commented about how it recently it, it kind of felt like some of those themes had kind of either went away or just never quite surfaced in the way that we thought they were going to from, you know, preseason interviews. And I really felt like they turned that, turned that corner with this episode too, by bringing it all just right there to the forefront. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, the social justice theme was one that, that didn't really get touched on a whole lot this season. And this episode, they really brought it. And so, so yeah, totally. They, there were some themes that didn't get a lot of attention or didn't get any attention hardly. And, and they really, really brought with a, with a, a force this, this, this episode. Um, and I'm, and, and, and 
I applaud them for it because I'm I'm happy I'm happy to see it. Um, the, honestly, a lot of these a lot of these um, a lot of the things that happened in this episode touched on multiple themes. Talking about um, Councilwoman Rankin and the way she, that she's abusing her power. I mean, it it obviously fits in with a theme called the abuse and limits of power, but it also fits in with the social justice side of things. Um, because, you know, she can, she can buy her, her way to the best of care at the hospital, which Orlando called her out on, right? Like you can pay for experimental treatments or whatever. Um, while the rest of us are, are here, like his, his little brother's literally struggling to breathe while she's getting an injection of some miracle drug. Um, so it's a social justice thing. It's an abuse of power thing. It's, it's, it's both. Um, you know, arguably abuse of power falls under social justice. So, so there you go. Um, but Rankin also, she also says that she wants to sweep away the, the useless and the weak to make national city perfect. Um, so really just, just taking a dump on everybody who elected. her. I mean, pretty much, but you got a question. Obviously you've seen the motive, seen what she's willing to do. Bribing the other councilwoman or it, was she actually elected? Like, I'm already questioning the legitimacy of that vote. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did how did that come about? That's the that's the backstory we need. The Rankin the Rankin backstory. Maybe maybe if we're like if we need another filler episode before the end, it's just like the the whole the, the whole you know they did a whole thing on how um um back in season four they did a whole back uh backstory episode. On um, Agent Liberty. Agent Liberty. I, I had to remember which season season four was. I'm literally like but, Iron yeah. Patriot. Nope, that's the wrong. Yes, that's because the... they called that episode Man of Steel. Okay, and there we go. Everybody in the world. I think. I think. I think that's the episode. Everybody yes. in the world, myself included, thought Superman would be in that. Episode. Of course, we did. We all did. But it was a good episode, even though the title was very, very teasing. Like a that. little, a little, a little misleading. But yeah, like, you know, we can do a, a backstory episode on Rankin like we did for Agent Liberty. There we go. Um, sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Before the season ends. Um, okay. So that's that's abuse and limits of power. Um, moving on to overcoming fear, grief, pain, and anger. Boy, there was a lot for this theme. Uh, Kelly, obviously at the center of the episode. She feels powerless. She feels like she can't get anyone to focus on the real problem. No matter how hard she tries, she can't help the people in the Heights who are suffering. You know, Alex isn't there for her the way she needs to be. Alex is sort of like, Oh yeah, we're going to go after Nixley and, but I'll get my med school friends to, to, to help. And Supergirl's like, yeah, we're going after Nixley, but, uh, but you know, here's, here's how I can help. And, and no one is really listening to Kelly and, and, she doesn't feel heard. She doesn't feel seen the whole time. And all of her friends, even Alex and, and Supergirl in their attempts to be allies are, are, are thinking like, no, we're It's, it's all going to be good. We're going to make it, we're going to set it back to the way it was. Um, and, uh, it, it was just so, so poignant. And to know that she co-wrote, this episode. And so the, the words that she's saying, like when she monologues, when Kelly monologues, just talking about, you know, you don't see the people of the Heights. You don't see me. These people don't have any hope in hospitals, no hope in police, no hope in superheroes. You know, you're, you're trying to improve tomorrow or, or bring things back to the way they were, but it's, it's the, you're trying to improve tomorrow. These people can't even survive today. You want to bring things back to the way they were, but things the way they were, weren't good enough already. Um, and and then her her um what she said to Supergirl towards the end of you know guilt is an inactive emotion. It's about what you do next, it's about how you change going forward. All this I think was so important and, and clearly so meaningful to her to have, you know, written those lines for her character to, to get a chance to say. Um it, it it so much of this episode, I think what made it so great was um that it's it's her own words that she got to, to put in her character's mouth and in, in the mouths of the characters around her. But it, it, it's, it's a rare thing. And I think it's the first time that I think is the first time an Arrowverse actor has had the chance to write um, an episode that they, they at least one that they featured so prominently in. Um, but it, it was a really important thing to be talking about, racial inequality and um and and economic inequality to such a degree and in such a heartfelt way it, it really struck a chord to know to know that she wrote all the words she was saying 
um, really, really resonated for me. Yeah, that that guilt is an inactive emotion. I thought was my favorite line of the entire episode. So, such a beautiful sentiment and line that she she said there. And then I also like Diggle telling her that he's like, you know, I I he, I've been with you working with spectacular people and in Oliver Queen's case, sometimes he was great at looking at the big picture, but he didn't necessarily see the Mm. details of today or of the smaller struggle struggles within until he was shown until it was basically right in his face. And she comments about how that shouldn't be that way, which is absolutely true, but he's just kind of pointing out that it's like their hearts still are in the right place. They just don't necessarily see it. And that's what we're trying to do. Open people's eyes up to what is going on every single day. And that's what so much of the episode was, was about. And, and, and where I I feel like Kelly uh, spent so much of her, her energy. And that's, that's sort of that mirrors real life where um, Mm -hmm. people in equity seeking groups have to spend and, and a disproportionate amount of their energy just educating people around them to the struggles um, that they face and, and hurt Kelly talking about how tired she was, how exhausted she was, how it's been a centuries long struggle and, and Dale telling her like, yeah, I know we've been fighting this fight for, for centuries, but like now is not the time to walk away from this fight. Use that exhaustion, like use that to propel this cause forward. Um, that's, that's, uh, that was a very poignant, meaningful to me and, and something that it's, it feels like a, you know, a lesson that I've had to, to, to really internalize, um, especially in the, in the past year or so and, um, and to have it addressed in such a direct way, um, and sort of to, to, to show Kelly's struggle with it, you know, as a, as a, as a psychologist, um, her, her struggle with her, her psychological struggle with it and, um, the, the toll that that takes on a person was, was, I think really important and, and I hope that they continue. I hope they don't just drop that with this episode and say, okay, cool. We addressed it. Um, I really hope that that continues moving forward because it's such an important, um, such an important aspect, uh, um, of, of the, the whole experience that I think a lot of, um, uh, people who don't, who don't share that lived experience, it's easy to overlook, but it is the lived experience of, of so many millions and millions of people that I'm glad that it was put front and center in this episode. And I'm also glad that they, while they address the very real world applications of it, they also it took time to t- tackle it from a comic book show. You know, like she talked to Brainy about, is it better in the future? Tell me yeah. we've evolved past this in the future. And he tells her what is Sadly, probably the truth of of what will be the truth of in some ways it's better, but no, we're not there yet. Yes. And then they, of course, address it with uh, with a beautiful conversation between Alex and John where he talks about choosing to live as a black man on on earth in America and what that means. And that, well, he has made that choice talking about how others such as Kelly and James don't have the option to change their appearance. Again, it's like, I I really like the way that they handled these very real world issues, but they still did it with the comic book spin on it. Like they Mm -hmm. remember what kind of show they are. And I felt like it was a good blend of the two. Yeah, to- totally, totally. And and to your point about what, what John says, I, I the way he says, wearing this skin has made me feel almost like an alien. Uh, uh, fi- sorry, wearing this skin has made me feel most like an alien on this planet. Um, and and he, he remarks that, you know, Kelly and, and James don't have the option to change their appearance like I can. Um, and so it's, it's that much harder for them. I thought that was like a... a a really good way to address that. I was sort of wondering if they would address that, 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 um, Jean has taken on this appearance by choice and, and what that means, um, and has meant to him in his time on this planet. Uh, and they did, and I thought that they actually addressed it really well. And to have that be the way that, um, that Alex, you know, he, 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 says that in a conversation with Alex and that that's sort of what opens her eyes a bit to the experience. Um, I, I think was, was a good way to do that. Now I will say I felt like, um, in the conversations and I, this is going back to our email from Daryl before in the conversations where 
you know, Supergirl was learning from Kelly. Alex was learning from Jean. It, it some of the dialogue from Supergirl and from Alex in those conversations did feel a little bit generic to me and a little bit like we didn't have six years of history with these characters who have been learning and, and, and growing. And, and it felt a little, honestly, it, it, I, I was a little surprised at them in the first place for not, not catching, um, what Kelly was really concerned about Alex in particular. Um, but I understand that that was a storytelling device that we were using to show that even the people closest, um, to, to, uh, folks who are in equity seeking groups and who aren't feeling seen the, people outside those groups who are closest to them can sometimes be the worst offenders of not seeing what their needs are. So I understand the story that was being told there and I appreciate it. And I'm actually glad that story was told because I'm, I'm certain that I've been guilty of being that person. Um, and, and so to see that portrayed is I think really, really meaningful. Um, but there were moments where I felt like Supergirl or, or Alex weren't really, talking like themselves as i've come to know them but um but i can forgive that in sort of in in um yeah overall in light of the larger the bigger picture it's a fair a fair point to make i for me personally i noticed it more with supergirl than i did with alex i'm sure if i were to go back and revisit those scenes and i only had Mm. time to watch the episode once i could maybe find some of that stuff with alex but supergirl did stick out to me a little bit more um on that front I, yeah, it definitely was more with Supergirl for sure. I guess with Alex, it just stood out to me that like it's her. You know, they they made a point of of showing that she was like, oh, well, I was going to go home and check on Kelly, but I, I I guess she's got this. Um, you know, it's like showing that she was thinking about Kelly, but but that she was you know focused on the mission or or what have you. Um, that's sort of the stuff that that stood out to me. But yeah, I think it was it was more um heavy handed with, with Supergirl than with Alex. Um, and then at the very end of the episode, Kelly just so exhausted, you know, just crying her, her heart out, wanting Alex to hold her, wanting Alex to, to let her take her time to process everything. Um, it ended in such a raw, real way. And there wasn't just sort of like a, a, a perfect little bow to tie things up neatly. It was, it was more real than that. It was, you know, things are, are messy. And then this was, you know, Kelly was clearly getting ready for bed and it's sort of the end of the night and she's just probably about to cry herself to sleep. And that's, and Alex is just going to hold her and, and, uh, and comfort her through that. And I felt like that was really, yeah, and then I really real liked it when Kelly said to Alex, like Alex's question, which I thought was brilliant of, what do you need for me to support you right now? How can I support you right now? I thought that was a great question of just straight up saying, what do you need for me right now? And then Kelly just saying, you know, hold me, please don't ask me to process everything. I just really, really appreciated that moment between them. I thought it was really well done on both their parts. Uh, Yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. Um, Yeah. You know, and, and sort of moving, moving us into the uh, social justice BLM, theme um kelly was able to teach a lot of lessons this this episode um again not always subtle but that's not what they were going for either so i'm not going to hold that against them um you know kelly talking about communities like the heights and how they receive fewer resources and support so it takes um it takes them longer to recover when when tragedy strikes Um, and, and that's, uh, you know, it was like, it was coming right out of Ozzy's mouth. Uh, and in fact it was, but, but like, you know, you, you could tell how much that, that meant to her Mm -hmm. to talk about that and how people end up taking things upon themselves and trying to help one another because they're not getting help from, um, you know, the hospitals, the police, the, the, um, the systems that are in place that are supposed to help them are, are not really, um, set up to help those the most, um, impoverished communities and, and, and the, the, the real ramifications that brings, it's not just, um, it's, it's not as simple as, um, this, uh, politician is or is not, uh, racist or something. It's, it's, it's even more entrenched than that in the, in the system and, and how that has real world effects on real people. Like, yes, this is a fictional example we're yeah, using, I'm but this really happens. Completely right there with you. It, it does really happen. And they, again, like we've said at times, they're 
a little heavy handed, but that was the point. That was they're they're trying to wake people up the way that they were waking up Alex and Kara in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, a, a lot of this, I feel like, is is written for for folks who may not really have given a critical a critical eye, have not given a lot of critical thought to, um, you know, the, the real world impacts of, of some of these issues. And so, um, you know, using fictional examples to tell true stories. Um, Councilwoman Rankin, again, I talked about this a little bit before, but she she can buy she can buy her way to the best of care while ignoring the needs of her constituents. And she's literally like, she doesn't, doesn't care if, if Joey and everyone else in the, in the Heights, I almost said the glades, uh, in the Heights is, uh, is, is suffering and, 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 and dying because she's, she's too busy taking care of her own political agenda and, and paying people off to, to vote a certain way. And, um, and just, you know, she's, she's paid, uh, off and 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 use her political influence to get the medical care she wants and uh, and is on to the next thing while other people are still just trying to like like Kelly said you know you're thinking about tomorrow while some people are just trying to survive today yeah and uh of course Orlando gives a great speech where he uh sort of sums things up really nicely saying you know it's it's you're here saying that I'm here to help you know you I'm here to support you so you can lift yourself up by the bootstraps but it's not us it's the system is the problem the, the people deserve better um and people like Rankin are 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 holding the, the their their own people back um she's she's talking about how she wants to help and and you know I love Kelly's remark about you know she's she just said she wants to help and then she left and and she's talking about how she wants to oh i wouldn't dare take one of these beds from one of these people but like that like you said the undertone of you know because she thinks she's too good for it um so orlando this is where i was like orlando for president i am i am on board with orlando let's yeah, do this i'm just i'm thinking about orlando's reaction to seeing that uh, Rankin was just up and walking about and fine. And he's like, Oh, of course, did you get some sort of special medicine that was, you know, effectively only for you and not for the rest of us, not for the everyday people. And just like the hurt on his face as his brother is, you know, effectively going through the same thing mm. that she was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how, you know, symbolic that is of, of, um, of, of what, Joey and Orlando went through earlier in the season as well. Like it's now it's taking a physical manifestation of a disease, but like it was the same when they were living in poverty and like, and he was uh, incarcerated. Like it's the same, it's the same basic story um, that plays out in lots of different ways um, being told in this show through these same couple of characters and sort of showing the, um, the, you know, through through a, a fictional story showing the realness of of the way that um, these real world things happen to real world people and and really impact their lives in profound ways, um, and and you know, I think it's good that we saw Supergirl recognize her own blind spots when Kelly pointed them out to her, um, but we also didn't dwell on that and make that what the episode was all about it wasn't all about supergirl's self-actualization it was about kelly's mission to be seen be heard and to be an advocate for the people in the heights um it kept the focus on that that fight rather than on like and now supergirl is a better person for it like that's great and she is yeah, I, but that wasn't the whole crux really of the episode. minor point of like that wasn't the goal of the episode. And I do want to mention that mm-hmm. Kelly mm-hmm. Uh, towards the end, when she's back in her home, she's wearing a say her name shirt, which I thought was just a nice visual touch. No comments about yes. it. They didn't say anything about it. And, um, it was just a, it was just a nice touch that they did that. And I noticed a couple of the books on her coffee, coffee table seemed to fit the same theme, but I, I, in my infinite wisdom failed to write down what the actual titles were at the time. But Regardless, I thought those were just nice visual indicators of what this episode had been about. Yes, you're right. Yeah, there, I noticed a, a Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, book was what was at least one of them. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, I caught that too. Yes, the the say her name shirt was a good. That's that's a good catch too. Um, I, I, yeah, from at every level they they did a nice job of 
having making this feel um you know within reason um like a real a real interaction you know and and kelly as a therapist recognizing that these events in the heights brought up a lot of her own trauma um i thought that was very sort of a self-aware moment um and and uh you know i i i hope that they um speaking of kelly being a therapist i hope that they will use this as an opportunity to to talk about the mental health repercussions uh, uh that that um that these situations have on the people who are most impacted by them and and that kelly as a as a therapist like i i hope that the having her become guardian and to use her her um her influence and her power to to do good and to make a difference in in the community where she feels she can i'm i'm all for that i also hope in addition to that that they also show sort of what the, the mental health toll that it takes on her and how she treats it because it is as much as they're trying to be as real world as they can about a lot of this stuff i think it's important to to show that like okay but to, to fight this stuff in the real world you can't just put on a gold helmet and a shield and go out there like you also you you know you need to make sure you're in a good place to 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 fight that that fight on a, on a number of fronts and so i i hope that there is a continued um emphasis on you know mental health care um given I, what kelly's day job said it is better. i i feel like they, sometimes they bring that up you know we saw that a little bit with orlando and his brother a couple episodes ago and then other times honestly it feels like i like i forget mm. that's part of it and so it, it'd be nice if they'd circle back i mean we still have quite a few episodes left mm-hmm. it'd be mm-hmm. nice if we'd circle back around to that once or two once or twice yes more. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, we have time for that. So I hope that they make time for that. Um, and moving on to our final theme, unbiased journalism and the importance of truth and the dangers of moral relativism. Not not a whole lot for this this week. We got a quick glimpse of Andrea when Kelly gave her a call. And um, Andrea was pretty stone cold about it where she just said like oh well, i need to i need to cover things like the traffic that people care about because the heights is just not newsworthy um like the fact she said it's, it's what people care about like oh that was so like it, the implication being well this explosion in your neighborhood and people who are dying there no one cares about and and you know kelly made a comment later about that where she said it's like their lives don't matter and i you know that's not a coincidence how close that sounds to black lives matter because she's literally saying like they're acting like these people and their lives don't matter like she literally said it um because that's how they're how the folks in the in the heights are being treated and andrea's perspective as as it often is is you know it's all about the ratings it's all about what what sells newspapers, what sells ads on TV. And, and it's less about the justice behind it. Um, it's, it's, she'd rather cover a story on what the super friends do on karaoke night than sort of, you know, what, what they're actually trying to stand for. Um, so that, that's sort of an ongoing theme and an ongoing, I think, growth journey for Andrea. Um, and and that's that's really all there is for for the unbiased journalism theme this week, um, and that kind of puts yeah, a button it, it on, really on Storytime um, Village. Not I think, really too. part of the episode, but I, I have to mention it every single time they said "In the Heights," I thought of the movie, the musical on HBO. Every time, every time. Every oh, me too. Every time. single, like, every single. I don't in know the Heights. music from that well enough to have it stuck in my head. But what you just saying, that little blurb right there, has been in my head all day because of this episode. Yeah, I I loved I I loved that movie and I I love I love the music and um yeah I thought of it every time every time I said it it just like sort of played in my in my brain uh well look we're about to hop into trailer TV talk because there was in fact a trailer for this week's episode 
Uh, that is two weeks in a row for those of you who are keeping score with us. Uh, but Brent, before, you know, some folks might say goodbye because they don't want to get spoiled. So why don't you tell us one more time where folks can find you on the internet if uh, they want to sure. follow your podcast and, and everything Prime, else that you and do. And then uh, the podcast are Fans Without Borders and Marvel Alliance. So Marvel Alliances go live on Thursday nights at 8 Central on YouTube. And then the audio is on Friday. And then audio for fans typically drops on Mondays every other week. Right on. And we will have links to all of that in the show notes. So be sure to check out Brent across the internet. If this is where you leave us, first of all, Brent, thank you very much for filling in for Tim. I really appreciate it. uh, Making the time in your week, your busy, busy week. Um, So truly, that means a lot to me. So thank you. Um, It it, it, it is. It is. It's a joyous, happy reason. And I'm I'm glad to have you here for the third episode, 12 (laughs) in a row. which is just bizarre. That is so strange. Uh, if this is where you leave us, thank you for listening. You can uh, support us at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. You can follow us um, everywhere you find your podcasts, whether at Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Google, Amazon, wherever. We're in all the podcast directories. You can rate and review us there. You can email us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Follow us on Twitter at TV Supergirl. And um, be sure to check out SupergirlTVTalk.com and ThoughtBubbleAudio.com for uh, for more from us and more from our fellow uh, podcasters in arms over at the ThoughtBubble Audio Network. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and talk about this trailer uh, for the upcoming episode next week. And let's take a quick listen to the audio for said trailer. How bad can overly courageous superheroes really be? You don't really want to hurt these two. Sweet, another dragon. That dragon is going to barbecue us. I'm going to get a coffee. What happened here? Audio from the trailer for season six, episode 13, The Gauntlet. Uh, And the description reads, Supergirl must pass the test of courage. Supergirl and uh, and team race Nixley for control of a magical totem that controls courage. Supergirl and Nixley battle and each get a piece of the totem, but learn the first person to pass the test of courage will gain control of the entire thing. Meanwhile, Lena is still struggling to make sense of her newfound gift. Episode directed by Tanya McKiernan with story by Dana Horgan and teleplay by Jay Farber and Brooke Poole. Uh, so uh, the description is actually a very meaty uh, description talking about virtually every character on the show. Uh, the trailer uh, was was definitely gave the impression of a lighter episode. It, it didn't didn't really give us too much. Sort of seemed like a less substantial story, more of a comedic relief after tackling some heavy issues this week. Um, you know, we got dragons. We've got uh, Alex saying, you know, oh, really courageous heroes. Like, what what's the worst that could happen? John talking about, I'm going to get some coffee, and mm-hmm. Supergirl with her. Uh, what 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 happened here? So the. Talking about a test of courage uh, with a sort of, you know, dragons and Game of Thrones sort of uh, aesthetic to it. And then the very sort of silly trailer. Um, I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I don't know what to where to where to go with this. I don't know where, what to expect next week. I mean, dragons and coffee, how serious is it really going to be after this week? It's probably not much. But one thing in that synopsis that did catch my eye was Lena still struggling to make sense of her newfound gifts. Mm. I, I'm curious to know what they do with that because it's easily could have been something that we, we sat on for a couple episodes. And I'm I'm looking forward to the inevitable time when the, her power manifests in front of Supergirl. Oh, yeah. It's only a matter of time, right? It's only a matter of time and it's only a matter of, you know, if she does have this magic power, that's something that Supergirl is, well, is a vulnerable to, but also something that Supergirl can't can't Mm -hmm. do. Right. So this brings a new um, aspect to the team, to the Super Friends as a team um, where maybe where Supergirl can't fight people who, who do use magic. Maybe Lena will be able to. It also puts them at a point where with, with Kelly officially taking the mantle of Guardian and Lena developing a power of every single major cast member 
effectively being able to go into battle. Yeah. Yeah. They're all, they're all full on heroes at this point. There's no person in the chair who is just purely in the chair. Like that's brainy for, for the big, for the most part, but he can go into battle. So yeah, you're right. All of them have some kind of power or, or something they can contribute to the, uh, to the team in, in a battle, uh, in a battle situation. And now that I think about it, maybe for why was that a choice? Diggle did not go into battle with the team in general at the end there, mm. even though he was still around. I just thought of that. It's like, you were still there. Oh, you were too busy directing. I got it. <laughs> yes. True. <laughs> too busy directing and not wearing that ring. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Soon. Soon. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, if we're looking at the last like seven episodes of the season, of the series here, and that's, Oh, that is just so wild for me to uh, to think about. But I am really, really glad to um, have had you back, Brent, for for another at least one more episode this season before the end of the series. And to have it be episode twelve is just is just chef's kiss, just too perfect. I- icing on the cake. Icing on the cake. Absolutely. Thank you so much, buddy. I, I appreciate having you here you as well. Thank you. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. And until next week, up, up, and away.